brother, 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 brother. Yeah, baby. Brother. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is Thursday, February 2nd. Happy Groundhog's Day to everybody who celebrates. Um, this is the Impact Power Hour. I am Ryan. I am Angelo. And we're back. Um, it, I think this is our first, like, that we're back in 2023, I think. This definitely is at least the first one I've been on. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I, I've done, I have did a few in January, did one for Hard to Kill. Um, oh, yeah, then, yeah, this is my return. Yeah, so I think we're, we're, we are back, back together again for the first time in 2023. Uh, so, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. So while it is really old news, and I, I don't remember if I did it on the year-end podcast. I don't think he passed at that time, but rest in peace, Don West. He, yeah. was, uh, he was the voice of my childhood while watching TNA back in the day. And you know, I, I can't necessarily say I can remember specific moments, but I mean, he, his voice was on every call. And it, he, him and Mike Tanae kind of made TNA that rowdy, like, you know, stepchild wrestling you know, show instead of watching Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown, you had to listen to those two, and it was it was a great time growing up. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like we we've got rest in peace, Don West. We have, uh, have I don't think we've done an episode, or I did an episode since Jay Briscoe passed. Uh, so rest in peace, him as well. Uh, former Impact talent and yes, Impact that, Tag Team Champion. That is, I totally that forgot that that happened. Yeah, that is true. He, he, you know, he recently was on Impact. I think you know since Ring of Honor closed, you know, a lot, a lot of Ring of, you know, Ring of Honor specific talent was starting to, you know, hit the indie scene more and you know be on different television platforms, whether it was AEW or Impact. Obviously, the you know just the whole story of why Warner Brothers didn't want the Briscoe brothers on, but Impact gave them the chance and they they excelled for a little bit here. They you know they didn't stay long. They're big names, but uh, when given their moments, that was it. They had a pretty good shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I guess rest in peace, Lenny Poffo, uh, who passed today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, ha- he has his own wrestling career of his own, but I think many people yeah. will remember him as the brother of Ro- Macho Man Randy Savage. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, with that out of the way, um, make sure to follow the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast on social media at Twitter or on Twitter, uh, which is at Deep Six Wrestling. Um, we're not paying for no Twitter blue. Absolutely not. I'm not. We don't have a check mark, but yeah, uh, I did some live tweeting of the show today. I uh, hadn't done it in a while because when I did it like twice, we got like no interactions or any or anything like that uh so i stopped doing it because i and we didn't always watch it when it was live or at the same time or anything like that so yeah uh tried it out tonight got some likes get to see how many views each tweet gets so so that's something um yeah uh and also follow us on youtube uh deep six wrestling podcast yeah um, so impact, yeah. Let's oh, get before in we get into impact, I'm just reading oh, Don West's w- wiki a little bit more. 
And like yeah. I, I knew he had a big sales background before he, you know, became the salesman of TNA. Then they let him right. run commentary. But like, man, he had a pretty successful career. It's, it seems like this is between 1993 and 2001. The company worked at Shop at Home Network. Sales rose from three million to 150 million. And then wow. Will Farrell and Chris Catton parodied and his co-host, I guess, on that Shop Network on three episodes of Saturday Night Live. So I guess wow. they were a big deal on TV at you know one point. Yeah, so, I never knew that. Yeah, I, I never knew that. I we'll have to look that up in another time. So yeah, the fact that I mean, if you get Saturday Night Live to to spoof you, right? You must you be doing something Will big. Is impersonating, or the other guy is impersonating Don West. That that's must see TV. <laughs> yeah, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, it's news to me. I uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to s- find that out. Um, yeah. Uh, so Impact started off the night. Um, as we've said numerous times, they often do with a hot match. And that hot match this week was Ace Austin and Chris Bay versus Kushida and Kevin Knight. Uh, one of the young lions of the LA dojo for new Japan, um, who made his impact debut last week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Commentary points out that he is from Atlanta. These are still from the Atlanta shows. So makes sense why the crowd is really hot for, you know, a, a guy who's basically training or like a, a young line enhancement talent for, for new Japan. Um, that makes more sense. Um, but yeah, this was a really, really, really strong match to start off the show. Uh, I thought that, it really reminds everybody just how good uh, if you're you, you haven't seen Kushida since NXT or uh, haven't paid attention to him uh, when he was in Impact last year uh, for the few few uh, minutes he was there basically um, definitely reminds you how good he is. Um, also, uh, if this was your first time seeing Kevin Knight, you might think. Guy's pretty good. Um, yeah, he's a pretty athletic fella. Yeah. Um, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, I mean, they've been in the Impact for a while now, so if, if you've, you're familiar with the Impact product, you probably know these two already and uh, how good their chemistry is together as a tag team. Um, commentary pointed out that these two teams have faced each other before uh, during Super Junior Tag te- uh, Tag League in New Japan last year. Um, so yes, um, I didn't watch that at all. Um, I know Pat watched some of it. Um, and yeah, uh, anyway, Bay Bay and, um, Ace Austin did win that battle. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they did win this as well. Uh, there's a really, there are two really cool spots in this match. Um, that one, were one very, job, you know, barn burner spot. Yeah. Um, one was, uh, I, I wanted to, I, I retweeted it when it when uh, Impact posted it. Um, was uh, Kevin Knight goes for a springboard uh, move from the outside, uh, like on the apron. Uh, and as he jumps up into midair, Chris Bay, who is not a very tall man, Nails him at like the tie, the highest part of the jump, um, square in the chest with his uh, with his drop kick. Thought that was really good. Uh, there's also uh, a, a little chicken fight moment 
where the two teams were stacked on top of their their, their partners uh, and they were fighting. I thought that was cool. Uh, definitely unique. Uh, but yes. the big spot that I think people will probably see, and it, I, I feel like this is one of those moments that uh, Impact will get a lot of views on, uh, at least on social media. It'll definitely be like, you know, how they do on the um, BTI, where they do like the top five social media. Yes. Moments. This will definitely this... make their top five for next week. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Kevin Knight, again, going for a springboard, this time from outside of the ring, or from inside the ring to the outside. And Chris Bay, who is perched up on the top rope, uh, goes and nails him with uh, out of out of the sky with an art of finesse onto the apron. This looked extremely painful. Yeah, uh, but it also yeah. At this really point, it's basically just, yeah, it's a jumping reverse stunner. Yes, so. yeah. but no, it, it was a pretty cool execution. Um, not the. I mean, how, how could you perfectly get that clean? That's no. impossible. But uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. The, the crowd reaction was pretty electric there. Like, like everyone oh, got yeah. out of their seats. So, yeah, the, the, it was a very, very, very impressive spot. Um, definitely was. It's not something I, I'd seen uh, Bay do before uh, in that particular spot. So very cool. Um, and this would end up leading to the win because they would bring Kevin Knight back in, uh, hit another art of finesse, uh, and Ace Austin would hit the fold for the win. Uh, and Ace Austin and Chris Bay move on. Uh, I thought this was a real, again, really hot start to the show. Um, and was looking forward to the rest of the show because I figured, hey, if you're starting off this strong. The rest of the show's gotta be well, and, and Impact is notorious for their their good hot starts with either yes. the X Division match or guys that are featured in the X Division, and they did it right here. Yeah, and as we, I last year I continue constantly said that like some of like when they go for these these X Division or hot tag matches, um, it it seems like they normally bookend the show with two really good, really strong matches. Uh, and it seemed like they were going to do that again this week, as we already knew the main event was going to be Josh Alexander, Rich Swan, Yuya Yamora, and Frankie Kazarian versus Callahan and the Design. Um, which uh, I guess Callahan isn't a fi- still isn't officially a member of the Design. Um, yeah, as he, he gets a separate name, um, and we would learn later in the show. Um, that, yeah, uh, he's not officially a member because he, he has to get sevens or, uh, the seven yeah, deadly seven. steps, um, which, exactly. yeah, I, the other members didn't have to go through that. I don't think, I don't think big Con did. No, no, I don't I remember. I don't remember those. Unless they, unless they snuck it in BTI when we weren't watching. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So, um, so before we jump into the next thing, I actually did watch the, um, the match at BTI today, and I thought ooh. it was actually pretty important, so I, I'll bring it up. Okay. Um, I can't even remember the guys. The, it was – well, it's, it's Jonathan Gresham, yes. but it's against um, – I want to say Aiden English. Yeah, Aiden Prince. Aiden Prince. Yeah, Aiden yeah. English is the guy out of the Vaughn yeah. Villains. Yeah. Um, so Aiden Prince, because he's, he's like a, an enhancement talent that's been around a bit yeah. with Impact. Um, so – not a bad match overall. I mean, you know, I, Jonathan Gresham's really got to like win me over personally. Like, I, I didn't watch his Ring of Honor run. I wasn't, you know, 
watched invested in Ring of Honor at the time. And the way he left the uh, wrestling industry definitely left like a salty taste in my mouth. Like he, you know, t- Tony Khan kind of came to a decision, wanted to put the Ring of Honor belt on a different guy. And, and Jonathan Gresham took heavy offense to that. I mean, maybe there was more backstage than just that. I mean, the guy left wrestling for a few months and now he's signed with Impact. So actually this BTI was pretty important because he, he had, at the end of the match, he obviously wins against Aiden Prince. Um, he grabs the mic and, and says, like, you know, I, you know I, took a, I took a couple months and, you know, basically took a lay of the land, took a look at the landscape, and I decided Impact, you know, after Ring of Honor closed, you know, now I'm, I'm here at Impact. Uh, and with that, he, he challenges Mike Bailey the next, for the next pay-per-view. Oh, man. So... But I think that was good that he like addressed the crowd there because like, it was like it's top of mind for me. It's like he just came off off a loss to Eddie Edwards. Like, what, what's really the direction for him? And the direction is he's just going to have awesome matches with everyone on the roster. So that's that's good with me. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Mike Bailey, Mike Bailey seems like he's getting the the uh, another big. Uh, looks like he's going to have another big WrestleMania weekend. Or planned for him. Oh boy! Uh, as GCW announced that uh, they got Kota Ibushi fresh out of New Japan uh, for Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, and then uh, announced that his that is going to main event is going to be Kota Ibushi's return to wrestling, uh, which I believe is the first time since 2021 or yeah. tw- 2020, beginning of That's 2022, maybe. Uh, and that he will be facing Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I will this, I will want to watch that. So yeah, that's a good match. Yeah, I'm sure Mike Bailey's going to be doing a shit ton of matches again because he's a crazy person when it comes to how many matches he did, does. I think last uh, WrestleMania weekend he did seven in three days or something. Yeah. Which wow. just ridiculous. Workhorse. Yeah. Um, uh, so we did get a backstage segment with uh, the design. Um, that would be, I believe, a little bit later. Uh, so we'll talk about that when it comes up. Um, but we did get the announcement at, after this match that we are getting a new uh, debut next week. It is going to be Steph Delander uh, debuting. Um, who, if you watched NXT and NXT 2.0, she was Persia Parada. Uh, yeah. So another pickup for Impact, it seems, uh, in their knockouts division. Uh, this follows uh, okay. the basic, uh, basically last week, or uh, Tasha Steeles uh, walked out uh, uh, on her team. Uh, it seems like uh, she is taking a break. Um, as has been reported, uh, she has been giving uh, time off from impact uh, for at least the next month. Um, so yeah, one leaves, you get, you get another person in. Yeah. And fair for Tasha. I mean, she's been pretty much part of the products consistent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Started watching. So yeah. Um, uh, this would lead us to our next match, which was Savannah Evans versus Giselle Shaw. So speaking of Tasha seals who walked out on their match last week, I believe. Um, now we've got the, uh, the Tasha's former tag partners facing off against each other here. Um, Savannah cuts a promo beforehand that was while she was t- walking down the entrance. They aired 
uh, calling out Giselle for being a, a black widow of the impact locker room. Um, and that she's going to learn that uh, Tosh, or Savannah doesn't need Tasha by her side to do uh, good, th- big things and win matches. She's done stuff all by herself already in impact, uh, which commentary points out. She does have wins against uh, multiple members of the death dolls or the current tag team champions. Um, but that was not to, to be today as Giselle Shaw would end up picking up the win in what felt like a very short match. I don't think it was as short as I thought it was. It just felt like it was over really quickly. And I don't know why. But yeah, it, it I think just it seemed to flash by. Lack of huge spots. I mean, that's fair. I think Savannah Evans is a little green still, but I mean, she showed pretty well in this match. Yeah. And obviously, we know Giselle Shaw is a, a really good talent. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I'm. I think it's very interesting what they're going with, with Giselle Shaw, and she points this out afterwards. Uh, she grabs a mic and talks about how uh, everybody's been labeling her the, the Black Widow of Impact Wrestling because all her tag teams uh, that she tries to Die. team up with uh, leave. She talks about how the influence left. They're no longer an impact. Tasha's now no longer an impact. Chelsea Green's no longer an impact after she tags with them. Uh, and she says that's fine. She's never wanted to. Uh, she's never wanted to make it the focus, uh, a focal point that she wants to be a tag team person. Uh, her whole goal has been to destroy everybody uh, in the knockouts locker room. Uh, and if this is the way that it has to be, so be it. And she's going to prove that the spotlight is uh, now, then, now, and forever uh, going to stay on the quintessential diva. Um, I thought this was a good promo. I thought this was a good, uh, good uh, evolution to her gimmick, uh, and I'm all for it. I'd, I'd like to see uh, where this goes. Yeah, what about Savannah Evans? What's uh, she's I don't on know. The shelf, basically, I mean, she might have a couple like kind of like talent enhancement matches, but I, I can't imagine you know Impact's gonna run with her too much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like she's somebody that is if you need a number, if you have a number one contender and you need them to jump through a hurdle or prove themselves, she's a good person to face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that she's somebody that you could plug and play in a number one contenders match. Like if you're having a multi-person match, throw her in there. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess we'll have to see how long Tasha's out and if she comes back and joins right back up with Savannah Evans or if they're going to have different character development for both of them. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's a good You're thing. to. Yeah, it'll definitely be a thing to look out for. Um, I did. Po- yeah, I, I started to talk about the design thing uh, because I thought it was after this match that that happened, but it was before the match. Uh, the design is talking to Sammy Callahan yeah. about how he or Callahan now, because everybody has to have only one name in the group um, about how he failed to win the uh, six shooter revolver match or whatever it was called last week. Um, and that was supposed to be step three of his program. Um, but it's okay. He's asked for forgiveness. Uh, and that is what step four is, is forgiveness. And he's going to have to do prove that tonight uh in the main uh and this is still bizarre to me to see 
a group of people who I think could be argued to be all a bunch of, you know, fall guys uh, from their previous groups. Um, Looking at Sammy Callahan, the former world champion, Sammy Callahan, uh, and acting like he is lower than them. It is Um, a little weird. It's very odd. Um, I mean, it's like kind of reminiscent of um, Brian Danielson and the, the Wyatt. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, like, Bray Wyatt, you know, was obviously, like, a fringe main event caliber talent at that point. Yes. But, you know, they're they're beating up on him and making him join the Wyatts when he was, you know, a generational talent on the indie scene for a really long time. Yes. Um, so, so, I, I think it's, it's not I think unheard it's, of. Yeah, right. It's not unheard of. It's, it's similar vibes. They're tearing him down. I mean, even, even Rhino being part of the design, in a way, is... You know, he's at a different point in his career than he was in 2000. But, you know, yeah. in the same way, Rhino is a very um, tenured veteran and the design or violent by design at that time broke him down. Yeah. So. But to be fair, the violent by design, much, much bigger star power than uh, than the design currently. I mean, you have yeah. Eric Young, former multi-time world champion. You had Joe Doring, who was I believe a multi world champion in yeah, he was an Noah or yeah Alder fan, my bad. Um and Rhino, multi time champion in different companies. Yeah, no, it doesn't uh, hold his water as much, but they do yeah. have a main event spot here tonight and we can talk about it more later. Yeah. The, the match. Cause I think it I think gives him a good spot. But uh Yeah. Um after this, uh we go backstage and Kenny King is walking backstage and he hears somebody mention Rich Swan. Uh, and he's like, Why aren't people talking about me? I just exposed Mike Bailey. I was victorious in exposing Mike Va- Bailey as the uh, um, homicidal maniac that he truly is. I've exposed it to everybody. Um, and nobody wants to talk about me. They're all talking about Rich Swan. Uh, get out of here with that. Uh, he walk keeps on walking, uh, and then <laughs> the true goats of Impact Wrestling, uh, Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice, show up. Uh, oh yeah, to save the day. Yeah, uh, and they interrupt his walk and talk about the Bangles uh, for some reason. Um, yeah. Well, they start with a. I thought it was like Dango, and then they just said Bangles. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, you never know with these guys, and that's what makes them so brilliant. That is, that is what makes them brilliant. Uh, so he, Kenny King is talking down to both these guys. <laughs> Zicky Dice interrupts and says, "Well, do you know who you're talking to? You're talking to the Johnny Swinger. He's been in this business for decades. He can teach you all about how to be uh, rise on the cards." Uh, and you know what? You, you should have a match with him tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Johnny Swinger's Johnny like face is like, oh no 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 no. Yeah, Swinger's no, no. not having this. Uh, <laughs> apparently, this entire time Johnny Swinger was on his cart. So backstage, he's even just hangs out in the little cart that they push him down to. In. That is quite brilliant. Um, so Kenny King. Says, oh, you know, what? I'll go talk, find Santino, and we'll make this a match. And <laughs> Swinger, he looks at Zicky. He's like, "What? Are, what'd you get me into?" And Zicky's like, "Hey, man, 
you need to start picking up those wins for the. You need fifty of them to get that yeah, title got a shot bit to go. So you need to get into any match you can, and this is, this is a good opportunity. Might as well start with Kenny King, right? Yeah, somebody trying to prove themselves, uh, and is angry at everybody. Yeah, why not throw throw in uh, Kenny King? Uh, so we go back, er, cut the fades to black. We go, we come back, and Kenny King is leaving Santino uh, as Santino has granted him his match. Uh, and Macklin shows up. Uh, Macklin says, Hey, you know, uh, I see that, you know, I wasn't part of the six shooter match because I wasn't a former champ, but you know, the new number one contender is I beat them that hard to kill. So the only real fair thing is that since I beat the number one contender, I should be in the match at No Surrender, make it a triple threat, me, Josh, and Swan. And Santino says, nope. Uh, Instead, I'm having four singles matches leading up to No Surrender, and the winners of each of those matches will be in a four-way at No Surrender, to determine the next number one contender, and you will be in one of those four matches. Uh, Macklin's not very happy about this. Out comes Dirty Dango to interrupt uh, and tell him to move along uh, because he is acting like he is security or a police officer. Um, and it's weird Santino is, yeah, Santino is very confused. I mean, I guess you know it's a play on his uh, fashion police days. Absolutely, you gotta you gotta give the people the hits. You gotta give, yeah. You got Santino. You got you know, Fandango of the fashion police. Like, yeah, this is Throwback Thursday now. On, oh, on and side. it's not even the end of it. Not me. even the end of the throwbacks. Oh my gosh. So uh, Dango uh, gets Macklin to go, and Santino turns to him. He's like, "What the hell is this?" He's like, well, last week you were practically begging me to join you and help you with your dictator, director uh, of authority thing. And uh, uh, this is me accepting. And he's like, no, I, I wasn't doing any of that. Go. Go away. And you'll have a match. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Dango is getting one of the matches in the fatal in the four uh the four singles matches to name people for fatal four way at no surrender. Um, interesting. Definitely not what I was, was thinking as somebody who's, you know, world champ material, but Hey, it's Dango. Why not? Dango beat Chris Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. We know that. Stop this. WrestleMania debut match. Oh my God. Yeah, actually, Andretti beat Jericho in his AEW Dynamite debut. Does that mean he's world champion material now? It's not WrestleMania, but (laughs) fair. I mean, you know, obviously the 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 brass at WWE was really high on Fandango at some point, and they. I don't know what happened. How how do you go from beating pretty pretty white hot Jericho at the time? Yeah, yeah. To Never, I don't think he ever won a singles title. No, I don't even know if he challenged for one, to be honest. Yeah. Like, he, he challenged for one. It's utterly bizarre. Yeah, they just, they just fumbled that bag. I mean, it, it was at a, it was at a bad time because, like, it was pretty close sure. to, like, when 
also at a WrestleMania, Ryback lost to Mark Henry for no goddamn reason. Because Mark Henry is the GOAT. Yeah, I guess. But, you know, he had a white hot Ryback on his undefeated streak. and mm-hmm. they, That's part of the reason why everybody wants Ryback back. Yeah, yeah, according to his Twitter polls. Yeah. <laughs> The Twitter polls that definitely always say retire. (laughs) (laughs) He he swears he's not retiring. I did not intend to. He also he also never works. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a poster for Ryback wrestling on the Indies. No, I don't. I don't think he does that anymore. Besides Northeast wrestling that we saw in that. I saw. I guess I saw him at with a couple other uh, Deep Six members. Oh man, I didn't know that. Right? It wasn't he? Uh, he was at uh the Six Flags Northeast Wrestling Show. That that must have been one that I did not go to. No, that's why you didn't go to that one. Okay. And it was it was the Jerry Lawler was on the cards. So they did a tag match together. Oh, okay. So interesting. So, yeah, wonderful. That, but that you know, Ryback has clearly stated he's not really doing indies anymore anyway i That's don't funny. i don't mean to rip on ryback here yeah my point was fandango was at one point held very highly by wwe brass and you know whatever happened nothing really happened i mean the fashion police was entertaining but that definitely wasn't you know the goal with fandango the way they were pushing him yeah um you know are, are you gonna be able is he gonna be able to salvage his career and impact i mean the way it's going, he's kind of coming in like No Way Jose was. Like, this is just, you know, a funny gimmick. Yeah. And WWE just threw away the funny gimmick, so Impact's picking it up. Kind of like Santino itself. Um, so I, I don't really see much more than maybe you get a couple months out of Fandango. Well, I know they signed a multi-year deal. And I know, well. but then that doesn't mean anything, I feel like. I, I, I don't know. I think the stranger part about this is that last year Fandango said that like by the summer he was retiring from wrestling forever. Right. And now he he that first signed like year. right after that he like first signed like a short-term deal with NWA and now he's signed a multi-year deal with Impact. Which is yeah, the mean, opposite of retiring last summer. Obviously he's, you know, a well-coveted asset and I mean he like I said, he he had potential, and and, and you can see he's a, he's an entertaining character. Oh yeah, he's absolutely entertaining. When, when given the opportunity, it's just uh, it, it's a weird spot for him in his career at this point because he's like teetering towards the edge. Like, is this is this even worth it for me? Impacts like if you're not on the top, I feel like you, you got to be someone that's you know trying to ascend and build your career, and it doesn't seem like he's interested in necessarily doing that anymore. So he's here for the gags, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he lives in Florida, so like going to the Atlanta taping isn't too hard, I guess. It'll be interesting to see if he travels. I, yeah. I well, hey, if he if he wins his match, he'll be going to Vegas. I I don't think he'll win a single match this year in Impact. Whoa! Unless <laughs> it was on unless it was on BTI. Oh, that's, you know, I'm that's holding Angelo too. Okay. Yeah, that's my hot take. <laughs> um, after this, we get Crazy Steve versus Sheldon Jean, uh, in a match. Um, Crazy Steve wins this. Uh, it's just an enhancement yeah, so little match. We're in, we're in a world. I blink, and we're in a world where we're pushing Crazy Steve now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Crazy Steve going for the X Division title here. Uh, after the match, as Crazy Steve looks to celebrate, Trey Miguel comes down, attacks Black Tarus at ringside. Uh, comes into the ring with his patented uh, vintage spray paint. 
uh, attacks Crazy Steve. Looks like he's going to spray Crazy Steve with the spray paint, even though Crazy Steve's face is already painted. Uh, so I don't know what the spray paint's really going to do to him here. He's also already legally blind. So um, anyway, uh, Crazy Steve bites his hand. Trey loses control of the, the spray paint. Crazy Steve has the spray paint and looks like he's going to go and attack Trey with it. But no, he just tags Trey Miguel's logo on to himself and then starts spraying the spray paint into the air uh, as lights go back off for him. Uh, yeah, this this is the continuation of this Decay versus Trey Miguel feud uh, that started with Black Tarus getting, uh, getting screwed out of two matches. Uh, with Trey because of spray paint. And yeah, the logical step is we'll throw Crazy Steven uh, and continue this instead of just give a third match between Trey and Black Tarus. Um I feel like they're wasting Trey Trey Trey's time here. I don't yeah, know. I I mean it's given it's gonna give him wins. It's gonna uh, give him wins, but I, I I, I don't know. I mean, and not not to totally crap on Crazy Steve. I mean, he's he's a he's a good hand, yeah. Um, and he's you know been around the company for a long time. But I, I feel like you're not you're not utilizing Trey in a way that you know shows his talent week in and week out. Um, I mean, you know, you're letting him develop as a heel, which he probably yes. you know if he wants to ex- excel in his career. But um, beyond that, he's not really. Like, like you're just missing out on opportunities. Like how you use Mike Bailey every week and you show out his wrestling ability. Like they should kind of do that with Trey. Yes. So currently, currently Trey has had two really good matches with Black Truce that were yeah, wacky endings. Then had a <laughs> X Division title match right against Mike Action Jackson. Mike Jackson, and now the feud is Crazy Steve. Yeah. Um, it it's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I get it. There's, I mean, they're trying to build him up a little bit because, like, you know, you don't have a match against, you don't have an X Division star going against Mike Jackson to make, you know, the X Division star look good because, you know, you have to hang with Mike Jackson, understandably. Yeah. Old. Um, but it's establishing his presence as a heel. Even though I, I didn't even think he did that that well in that match no. last week, honestly. Yeah. No. Um, it was more about watching Mike Jackson be silly. Um, than you mean be great. Stuff. Yeah, I mean he was great. Yeah, I I think he's got future world champ written all over him. Um, I just depends what company. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't say game. what company. Could be new Northeast Wrestling. Could be Northeast Wrestling. Yeah. Um. After this, uh, we go backstage, um, and Jordan Grace is backstage uh, and talking with Gia Miller and says that there's cl- clear proof that Mickey James did tap out at Hard to Kill, uh, and that. Uh, the fans can go back and watch the match and see for themselves and make their own judgments. Uh, but she's not trying to hold on to that too much because she has a guaranteed rematch with whoever is the knockouts champion, whether it is Masha or it is Mickey James. Um, but she's looking forward to Steph Delander showing up because she wants to show that she, uh, apparently Steph is, uh, Give it uh, thrown out a challenge to anyone in Impact, and Jordan is accepting it. Um, I think this will kind of say prove where they see Steph Delander at. Uh, if she's just gonna 
she's going to have a competitive match with Jordan or if this is just like a, a one-off thing and they're just like hyping it up as a debut or what. But it does seem weird that they cut a vignette for her. Cut a vignette and now she's facing Jordan. And Jordan yeah. one that you would think like would take an L. Like if you want someone to get a nice clean, you know, debut win, you, you face them against Alicia. Or, yeah, or even Giselle Shaw because she's or, not yeah, I or Savannah think. Evans. Yeah, yeah. Well, not not even no. At yeah. first, would be Alicia. That's yeah. everyone's. That's the stepping stone. That's that's fair. Um, it would have been Taylor Wilde. Yeah, this, yeah. But now she's got changed. something spicy going on. Yeah, maybe a little more mild. Yeah, <laughs> hot mild. It, it's about it's about medium medium spice now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um. Uh, anyway, back to our, our impact here. We've got Santino backstage after this, uh, and he runs. He walks into this room, and Raven is sitting there, and he's like, "Oh man, you know, I, I need a genius to help me out here with this this impact title stuff. Uh, I, I'm coming to you. Help me out here. You're men's well, certified. He goes, Give me an idea. Like, what should I do? Yeah." <laughs> yeah and, and Raven says, "You want you want me to help you and get, give you ideas for how Impact can start making money. Give me the world championship. <laughs> Name me world champion. The people will love it. Everybody." And Santino's like, "What the fuck?" It just yeah, leaves. Santino just walked out of it. Without thinking about it, I walked out. And then a big tall man shows up. And if you're you're like me, you're like, "Who the fuck is this?" Uh, then Ravens, he's like, he says, Oh, are we getting the flock back together? Like, okay. So it's somebody from Ravens flock and Raven says, Oh, shut it. Yeah. Ye- Yeti. And I was like, Holy shit. Is this who I think it is? Sure enough. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, the, the former WCW Yeti also uh-huh. known as Reese in WCW and ECW as uh, as part of Raven's flock. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it was the Yeti, everybody's favorite WCW gimmick where he never came out as a abominable snowman. He came out as a mummy uh, and then would, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he would then turn it into the seven foot ninja gimmick. <laughs> so. Uh, just uh, didn't uh, know what to do with them. Yeah, <laughs> th- this gave me. This made me pop once I found out who that was. Fair. Um, but let it be known they did try to call CM Punk first for the role of, of course. the Yeti, but he was rehabbing so that he didn't want to show up to impact. It's true. Um, after this, we get easily, easily my least favorite segment in Impact in quite some time. Oh, boy. Bully Ray comes out to the ring. And he has his favorite thing in the world going on for him. He has heat. Loads and loads of heat. Lots of heat. Uh, He's ripping up signs. He's yelling at children. Crowd is booing. Thinks he's in 1995 ECW. Yeah, I I thought he was going to start cutting his heat wave promo. Um, And homophobic slurs again. Yeah. Uh, and he starts to, he tries to start his promo and the crowd keeps booing. So he tries to start it again in a gap. The crowd starts booing again. And 
he tries it a third time and he just is like, fuck it, I'm, I'm just going to talk over you guys. Uh, he says that, you know, uh, I think people don't like me. <laughs> the wrestlers don't like me. Management doesn't like me. The fans don't like me. This little girl who I yelled at doesn't like me in the front row. Why doesn't anybody like me? Because I tell it like it is, unlike that phony Tommy Dreamer who everybody likes, but he's a phony. He's a snake. I've never liked him. I didn't like him in ECW. I didn't like him in WWE. And I sure as hell don't like him on Busted Open. Uh, but, you know, the whole part of this whole feud, remember, remember, this, this little feud started because Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray liked each other and then they didn't. So. Well, it's like, it's more than that, right? I know, but it's. It's silly to be like, oh, like, oh, we've never liked each other. But you call your each other brothers. You, you, Tommy was going to bat for you for weeks yeah. when you showed up. Uh, clearly, it wasn't a mutual dislike of each other. Um, I know, yeah. The way, <laughs> the way they turn it around now, because right, it would be different. It was like, you know, I used. Well, I mean, he kind of did say that I used him for thirty years, essentially. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm following along with this part. I don't think this is where you have the total issue anyway. No, no, so, absolutely not. But I, you know, I I think I'm giving this a little more grace. Yeah. Than you might be. Yeah. The issue I have is what happens next because <laughs> who comes out? It's not Tommy Dreamer. It's Mickey James. And now I understand why she's coming out. He bully interrupted her last last week or two weeks ago. She's interrupting him, uh, and this is where things get weird because this feels like it's just a it. It feels like this is just trying like a rehash of everything Bully had just said, but Mickey is saying it instead, where she says, "Oh, you don't the, you think everybody doesn't like you? Well, they don't like you. Uh, you think Tommy Dreamer doesn't like you on on Busted Open? And yeah, I can tell that you guys don't like each other on Busted Open. Yeah, no shit. Like that's the the whole gimmick here. Um, and she talks about how last time we were in a ring together, I told you to get out of the ring. This time, I'm telling you to get out of Impact Wrestling. Uh, and uh, Bully Ray says, you know, I I'd hit you. It, it, but you're not worth it because uh, I've done worse things to be, wor- uh, worse things to better women than you. Uh, it's referring to May Young, yeah, May Young or Dixie Carter, Dixie Carter, God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or any any of the different female talents that he has bubba bombed or three deed through through tables. Yeah. Um, uh, he calls her here the tramp instead of the champ. Uh, and Mickey slaps him across the face. And then he goes to power slam her or just, I don't know what he was trying to do. But the whole time Mickey is smiling, it doesn't look like she's in pain. It doesn't look like she's upset about the situation. She just has a big old smile across her face. Uh, 
He hits her with the move, and then he calls down for the good hands, Jason Hotch and John Skyler to come down and get a table for him. And he goes to get a get her in position for the bubba bomb through the table, but the, the they can't get the table up. And by the time he's ready, Tommy Dreamer's out there with a kendo stick. All right, uh, let's stop you right here. Okay. Um, so I think I realized what what is so um not enjoyable about Mickey James in in twenty twenty three. I I just think like um every, everything he does is just it feels like an oversimplified character that like it it worked in two thousand six, but it, it's just insulting now. Yes, <laughs> to kind of watch it, uh and and like and it, like as simple as this promo, like you you know she, bully Ray just calls her a tramp and then that sets her off. Like you know it didn't even have to go deeper than that. You know yes, she didn't even have to be out there first of all. She, her her win against Jordan Grace, she, like, it wasn't clean, which is fine. But for her, I I'm assuming they're trying to keep her a baby face, you know, saves the day type of character. You can't give her a clean win, and then they don't even really like she doesn't even really address it. Yeah, you know, that, there's just a lot of character development that just seems very lacking for someone that's supposed to be you know the best ve- women's veteran on your roster. Um. And I don't know if I have patience for it anymore. Yeah, I think this is our this was our complaint last year when she started off the year as champion. At least my complaint was that her promo skill or her promos, not her skills, but the way she did cuts promos was still very WWE early uh, or mid two thousands WWE style promos where you're acting like. Every, like you're the top woman because you're the champ, but that ever because you're the champ, you get to do all this. You get to make your matches. You get to, when that's never been established in in Impact. Um, that all her promo style or all her promos are ba- basically, oh, you want to see this happen? You want to do this? You want me to repeat every single thing that the heel threw back at you and try to get the crowd to pop for everything you say over and over again. Uh, And it's just silly um, because everything shouldn't be like, go back to that. Well, from early 2000, early to mid 2000 stuff. Right. It's just, it's very formulaic and it like, I guess, when you say it like that, it kind of reminds me of like a John Cena reign or yes. you know, like how Austin could, or Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin could, you know, keep a crowd. And I think yeah. she's like, that's, you know, that's what she learned. And that's how she, you know, as, as champion, as, you know, leader of your division, that's how she's going to act. But it just doesn't stick very well. I feel like in, in this era of wrestling and especially yeah. like, you know, this is impact wrestling You're not, and the crowds are small. You don't really have that like crowd play like you might have in WWE. Yeah, it it also doesn't help that the feud is Masha versus Mickey, but it feels like Masha's the oversight at this point, and it's now Mickey versus Bully Ray. Yeah, that, that's which doesn't silly. need to happen in twenty twenty three. Hell, it didn't need to happen in twenty twelve. Yeah, that's that's silly as well. Um, unless if this is a, a scapegoat way to bring in Nick Aldis. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, I just don't see why they had to like mix these two in together. Yeah. 
like the if Mickey wasn't the champ, and this is just like, uh, hey, we're just a veteran squabble type thing going on. Yeah, that, that's I'm different. fine with that. That you that's a totally the title thing. off of Jordan Grace, who is you know a pretty good dominant champion, and now you're kind of you know side sidebarring the title for a feud with Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, and and the good hands. Right. Who like who comes out of this looking good? The the fifty plus year old part time talent and the knockouts champion, or the two people who, uh, you know, kind of need to be taken seriously instead of just being bullies, dumped like goons. Yeah, I mean, like, like there's like parts of this that just make it feel like this is this is the bad part of. TNA like back yes then. like this is stuff that was the reason why people lost interest in TNA and they're they're letting Bully rehash some of it and yes James honestly they're letting her rehash some of it in this so it, you know I think the saving grace for me is I, I love Tommy Dreamer's work <laughs> yeah so I'm gonna you know take it with a grain of salt and I you know hope hope something good comes out of it and probably just some blow-off match with Tommy and and Bully Ray at some point yeah but um yeah, it, it's a little painful right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I assume this leads to a match, maybe at no surrender, or maybe they push it. I mean, I, I, I think there could be a one-on-one no surrender, and then I, I think it seems like you could do uh, Mickey and Mickey and Dreamer versus Masha and Bully. Yeah, that that's definitely a possibility. But you know, which stinks because then you're kind of holding the women's title hostage when there's a pretty loaded singles women's roster yeah uh yeah it, it definitely is going to depend on how again how long bully is sticking around in impact um yeah and i think, what, it's, I think it's telling that they they you know through killer well we're not even there yet but i think it's telling what they did with the other two women in the singles picture yeah so um after uh well so now now yeah. i cut you off before so yeah even come out yeah so dreamers challenges the good hands to a match because he's hardcore and she's country and that means that they're ready for a fight and they want the good hands and the good hands just say no and walk away but out comes santino and this man is stumbling and bumbling over every word he says, as good old Santino does. No, I, he calls himself the dictator. Then he's like, I meant the director. Uh, he calls uh, Bully Ray Bobby Ray. Um, <laughs> and he, but he said Tommy Dreamers are like generic. Tommy, gym, Tommy the Dreamer. Tommy a Dreamer. And he's like, he's yeah. wearing generic gym clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's ready to fight. Yeah, he's ready to fight, but we're not going to do it tonight. Uh, and so uh, we'll do it next week. And yeah, again, I, I don't need to see this. No, <laughs> this isn't this isn't something I'm looking forward to. Um, but the big thing is that Bully Ray is banned from ringside. Um, and so that leads Bully to go look. At, he's not very happy about this. Um. Anyway, we'll get we'll get to what Bully does later, but this would take us to what Angela was talking about. Uh, the two other women who were in uh, the title picture, it seemed, uh, Killer Kelly uh, and Taylor Wilde. Killer Kelly is cutting a promo about 
how it seems like her and Taylor are destined to fight and play with each other more. Uh, and she likes that. And Taylor Wilde just interrupts and is like, oh, I didn't mean like that. I mean, like, I want to be in your corner um, because the spirits tell me that we're going to be partners and work together. And Killer Kelly says, that sounds fun, but who would I get to play with? And the death dolls just appear uh, because Rosemary can teleport everybody. And she points out that, you know, Taylor's hearing stuff from the dark spirits of the, the undead realm. And uh, Rosemary knows all about them. Uh, and if you want somebody to play with, well, there's no, nobody better than the death dolls. There's also nobody else in the tag division. So, yeah, no, <laughs> this is my biggest complaint. And it's been our biggest complaint since the knockouts tag titles came about. And basically anybody who loses the tag titles or isn't involved in the tag title picture anymore, just breaks up. Um, we are down to two teams again. <laughs> this is not, this, this is not how you build a healthy division by just having a rotating you yeah. have one established team, and then we're going to make up a team real quick. No, be... I don't want to get too mad about it. I mean, it, no. the titles are made for the inspiration, the inspiration level. It, it just, is the... Just retire them at this point. I know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, as, as long as Decay's there, they're entertaining enough. But, like, the honest, yeah. it's, uh, I can't – there's nothing on the roster I could see that would be a sustained, you know, good champion, good tag champion besides the Decay at this point. Yeah, that's um, fair. But uh, yeah, I'll let him ride. Let it have. Let him. Let him have it. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um. You know, it, and this is an interesting way to book Taylor Wilde now. Um. A, a kind of similar argument to what I was saying earlier about Fandango. It's like I, I don't know where where Taylor Wilde is trying to go in her career. These yeah. Necessarily, but um, if if I was the booker, I would have had her win that fatal four way at Hard to Kill, and given her the first title defense against Mickey not realizing they're going to side track her with this bully Ray feud. Um, yeah. I would have given her the first match with Mickey, even though they just faced each other kind of recently, but as is Taylor's new gimmick, have Taylor lose, let her fizzle out. It is, you know, it is what it is, but I guess maybe this is a good way, you know, having this team with killer Kelly could maybe extend her run in impact a little longer than I would have guessed she would have been around. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's fine. I think it's a good way to keep the roster active. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we we are told at the end of the show that uh, the Death Dolls will be facing Killer Kelly and Taylor Wilde in a non-title match next week. Um, so, so yeah. usually when you do that, that means they could, you know, they're likely to get a title match. Yes. So yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a good sign. And um, yeah. even if it lasts just until the pay-per-view, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, after this is Kenny King versus Johnny Swinger. Um, this nice. is exactly what you would expect from a Johnny Swinger match. Uh, you know what? By that, I mean brilliance. Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. I was going to say, I don't know what I would expect, but um, it was brilliant. <laughs> I it, it was a lot longer than I thought it would be. But yeah, I thought this really was going to be like a two two moves of doom match. Yeah, I, I just assumed, right, it was going to be a, like a high kick and done. But uh, Johnny Swinger really, really milked it out. I don't, I don't think he actually got any successful offense in. He grabbed was, his leg. He, that's, I mean, that's like a hold. I, I don't yep. know if there's any, any pain caused in that. 
because he, he threw two punches, but they were blocked. Yeah, um, but but then he grabbed his leg and held it and shook his finger at him. Yeah, and that yeah. that's that does emotional damage. I mean, it might have emotionally mostly hurt Kenny King, and I mean, yeah. So Kenny King wins this match. That's obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, what we see is I think Kenny King is emotionally hurt here. Yeah. Um, because he, he's you know he got knocked out by Mike Bailey, and he's now calling him like a, you know a maniac essentially. And yeah. it, 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 hurt, it hurt his ego. Yes. And he, he wants to, you know, repair his ego. And I think this is a, not necessarily saying, you know, Johnny Swinger is a really good stepping stone. But I think this is just a good moment for Kenny King to kind of just put the impact roster on notice because he hasn't really had a chance to do that in a while. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a way to evolve Kenny King into his next feud. Uh, he just points out that he's putting all the champions on notice. Um, and he also continues to say, like, he, he he won't say that he lost to Mike Bailey. He says he was victorious at exposing Mike Bailey as the homicidal maniac that he truly right. is. Uh, so it's a win for him in his book, uh, the fight pit or the pit fight. Um, I don't, I assume that Kenny King is going to be one of the four people in the no surrender match the fatal four way for the number one contender just because I, he's not going to be in the X division title match unless there's an X division, like number one contenders match in there that they can throw him into. But I feel like they, they want established names for the, these four matches. And I think Kenny King is an established name. Yeah, no, I, I agree with uh, so, that. Um, and based off of who we, we, we have two matches announced that we'll talk about at the end. Uh, we know Macklin is in one of the unnamed matches. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But I think putting Kenny King in that situation uh, to be in a number one contender spot makes sense uh, at this stage. Uh, and again, he's somebody who also just signed a multi-year extension with Impact. Um, after this was the, the part of the show that I freaked out about, um, because Masha Slamovich is hanging out backstage and Bully Ray sees her and is like flabbergasted. Yeah. This was licking his lips. It's like, Oh, Hey girl. He legit, the fact that that's how he started this. Yeah. It it was really weird. It, It was like. Like, yeah, freshman talking to freshman at college vibes. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> this is like super senior versus uh, finding yeah, the, the new hot freshman girl. Right, that, that's more accurate. You're right, senior intimidating freshman girl yeah. at the party. Uh, uh, gets his yeah, hands over, like talking her up, like you know, Nikki's looking over you, and that's she's making a mistake. You should be the new world champ. But yeah, you know, yada yada. Um, and then Masha speaks back in Russian and. Bully goes, that's that's great. Um, where where I, does this go? I don't know. I hope this is literally the only inter. I hope there's one interaction with them, and that is uh, next week after the the match with Dreamer uh, and and the Mickey and the Good Hands. That Mickey and Dreamer beat the Good Hands. Bully comes out and joins the Good Hands and beats the crap out of the two of them. Masha comes in, picks the bones, and then hopefully she just 
leaves. She does not say anything. She doesn't interact with the good hands and bully because that is a losing formula at this point. I thought the good, again, I originally thought that the good hands were going to get elevated. They were going to be like a threat. No, the only thing they're there for is to look goofy. And you don't want to be put in this goofy, like, I'm a minion type gimmick. Uh, I mean, maybe it pays off in like 15 years, like the major players. True. You know, which are, they might be actually the next scene, right? They are the next scene. Yeah. Uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers are backstage uh, and they want everybody to come to the interview area. Because they have the world premiere for their new music video, um, it is genius. Is it? It's probably on their Twitter. I hope it's on their Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if there was an official name to this song. Um, like one, but yeah, it, it's just absolute brilliance. It is Matt Cardona trying to rap over a generic beat. Um, I talks about how you know Joe Hendry looks kind of weird. He's got his blonde hair and a. His stupid black beard. I got a date with your mom. Yeah, he talks about, you know, you're making fun of him and his wife. That's not cool. Uh, but it's okay because Matt Cardone is taking your mom out on a date. And right. they, turn, they, they turn back and everybody is left except that one guy who was always in Swinger's Palace. Um, uh, and he's like, oh, wh- where, where'd everybody go? And... He's like, you're going to take his mom out on a date? Does your wife know about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a valid point. Yeah. But I guess once you're in different companies, yeah, anything she's... anything, anything goes. Yeah, she's busy. Yeah. Um, I, I Again, Cardo, the major players in the digital media title feud makes sense. And I think that this is a – I hope this is a long-term feud for Joe Hendry and Cardona and uh, Brian Myers. I just think that there's money to be made with these guys doing their goofy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they should let it ride, especially they should give, if this Cardona one fizzles out, because let's say like he's gone after these tapings. I have no idea, really. Um, hey, man, he's announced for GCW almost all the way, or all the way to uh, Mania now. Yeah, so okay. it seems like he's sticking around the Indies. Yeah, okay. So King of the Indies, he's sticking around. Yeah. And he has his NWA title shot coming up. Yeah. So, I mean, the, Iris. Yeah. Oh boy. My goodness, that that video, uh, the song Joe Hendry did last week was incredible. Absolutely, Edge's bitch is a is a bop. Yeah, Edge's bitch is like that. That that was brilliant. So that's what I mean. The, the good hands could be long term. Storybook and you know storytelling here. Fifteen years later, you're gonna be remembered as bullies, bitches, and then yeah, you're, you're going for digital media titles. <laughs> I'm for it. Yeah, and making making great rap songs. Yeah. Um. After this, we have uh the news that or we get our little rundown of matches for next week. We've got you know uh, the good hands and Dreamer and uh. Uh, Mickey, we've got the two singles ma- or singles matches, the first two of the four, uh, which are Dirty Dango versus Brian Myers and PCO versus Shira. Yeah, a lot of uh, going on there, I feel like. Yeah. Hey, man, Angelo, I don't know about you, but I thought of something. 
Yeah. PCO is from Canada. Think they're gonna put the belt on him when they're in Canada? I think he's gonna challenge for the belt in Canada. Him versus Josh, two Canadian superstars at the their peak. I don't, that screams like a money match. No, I think he'll, I think he'll get a win over Eddie Edwards in Canada. <laughs> but, well, they're, 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 no, that's gonna be the rebellion match. It's just gonna be it's gonna be PCO versus Josh, and Josh is gonna drop the title to PCO. Well, you know what? We could only hope. Yeah, for my prediction to come true, we could only hope. Uh, but in seriousness, I think PCO is gonna beat Shira. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah, uh, I I think Dirty Dango could beat Brian Myers in that match. Yeah, you know what? This this would uh put my my other you know prediction in jeopardy pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't think I like I said I I don't think I think Brian Myers wins. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. Okay. That's fair. We only, we only got a week to wait for that. Yeah. This is probably as good of an opportunity as it's going to get for Dirty Dango to win. Like, if he loses here, he absolutely is not winning again in a singles match for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, like, on BTI against Aiden Prince. <laughs> yeah. Um, we also have Steph DeLander versus Jordan Grace next week and Joe Hendry versus Matt Cardona for the Digital Media Championship, uh, as well as Killer Kelly and Taylor Wilde versus the Death Dolls. Uh, so it seems like we've got a loaded card next week uh, based on all of that. It's a busy uh, card, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, after this, uh, it is our main event. It is The Design and Sammy, or The Design and Callahan versus Josh Alexander, Kaz, uh, Yu Yamora and uh rich swan and i think that hey i think this is a match that shows the big con con from the ascension uh con from the design at this point uh has has clearly grown as a competitor from last year when he had like a a 15 second match basically yeah, with Josh, Josh Alexander. Yeah, now he just... was able to get out of the ankle lock this time instead of tapping the moment his ankle was touched. Yeah, I mean, they're making the whole design look pretty strong. Honestly. Yeah, uh, I mean, so one one note near the end of the match where kind of Josh Alexander kind of comes in to help. I thought this was a really important note. He went for his C4 spike on Diener, Diener got out of it. Encounters, yeah. So I think that, like, I think it was the C four spike he was going for, but it basically, like, showed Diener is competent. You know, yeah. You know, he he didn't get just immediately crushed like he would six months ago. So, yeah, he's grown. He has grown. Yeah. So that that's kind of big there, and I think that that could be a telltale sign of how how the designs gonna be handled going forward. Yeah. Um. We also got uh towards the end of this match, Sammy was going for his pile driver. Uh, and D- Diener stopped him from going for it. Yeah. So. Um, and Josh came in and knocked them both loopy for a bit. Um, but I, I'm, I was very confused by this because he ended up using it and Diener started it with them. Well, it's uh, like so he, I, he wants him to use it because he did that last week too, where he, like, before yeah. Rich Juan was about to get hit with it, Rich Juan never did. But 
Like he he wants him to use it, but it's kind of just like he wants to control it. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's still it's still weird. Like if you're I, trying to win a match, like why why interrupt that? Yeah, but. yeah. Um, it, it's I, I don't get it. Maybe it'll be clear soon. Um, I don't know what steps five, six, and seven are for these these seven deadly steps. Yeah, uh, but but he got his forgiveness because Sammy Callahan pins you Yamora uh and celebrates with the design and yeah definitely not what I expected the ending of the show to be happily end thereafter so so a couple couple things I want to talk about and not even necessarily about the main event but kind of around it um who did you think was going to win that six shooter last week I thought Callahan was going I thought to. Callahan too by a mile like not by a mile but I thought it was like you're kind of building up the design. I don't really have faith in the design being a long-term project without Eric Young. That's kind of like what we both kind of decided. Yeah. When we last talked about it. Um, so I was like, okay, this is a good spot for Callahan to like get, you know, a, a world title match, make the design kind of big for a little bit and give him, you know, give Josh a heel opponent. Rich Swan is like, it's just a weird spot. Because it's like he—he's really got no—he has no momentum besides winning that match. He literally—he literally lost to Macklin right before that. Yeah, um, and that—and and at least you know, like they're not insulting her intelligence. Like Macklin is, you know, week in week out making his case with Santino about that. Yeah, they're not insulting her intelligence like WWE used to. Yeah, you know, every week. Um, but I just—it's—it'll it, be a fun match, right? Rishon's a good talent, but like, there's no, there's no meat to this storyline not they're not gonna flip rich swan heel for two more weeks of a feud um so it's it's just kind of weird i think yeah to choose this match you're, you're basically just punting away this pay-per-view by doing that in my opinion yeah if you really unless you really make this main event basically like all about bully ray versus tommy dreamer because like the world title is not the most important thing this yeah time, i think I, I've, I've, I've got no idea yeah, I, I, but like, that's what I mean. Like they kind of just punted away the pay per view, and I think they're just gonna let Bully Ray be like, "I I main evented another pay per view, yada yada." Yeah, I mean, I think Josh and uh, and Rich are gonna have a fantastic match. I think they have a fantastic, but I think match. that that can't that can't be your thing every time. And I feel like that's been a lot of the matches towards the end of this. Uh, the like. Kaz versus uh, yeah, I Josh. Mean, when you when you go through the whole roster like that, you know, there's only so many feuds you gonna have, and how much how much shit can you build up short term? Yeah, um, it yeah, it just it just feels like a throwaway when you when you have the Sammy looming and Macklin looming, and it, yeah, there, there's other facts. And Bully Ray clearly wants a rematch. Like there's there's other yeah. heel pieces in there that it, it does feel weird. Rich is getting his moment here. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting. I think that the rest of the card, as of right now, also doesn't scream like this is a major show that you should, you know, be focusing on. Yeah. Um, we've got a fatal four-way for a number one contender. We don't know who any of them are, but one of them is going to be either Dirty Dango and or Brian Myers, and the uh, one of the other ones is either going to be PCO or Shira. Um, and neither of them scream like, okay, this is a legitimate threat to 
the title um, it, at the next pay-per-view after that. Well, um, it's going to definitely be – I mean, I would presume it's Macklin, PCO, because Macklin's going to get a qualifier. Yeah. Um, maybe Macklin could win here, but I realistically probably not in a fatal four-way. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, this is more like, a, I guess, an impact plus show than like a – It is, yeah. Well, but... pay-per-view. But still, it's like, yeah, you're, you have to ha- hash out these storylines on television and that this is what you got to now spend the next two weeks doing. Yeah. Um, we've got Masha versus Mickey still, which yeah, could which be could, good. Could be good, but again, they're, they're punting away the story here to maybe build something different with Bully and Tommy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all that's been announced at this point for which this is show. Funny. They usually... Yeah. Oh, and Trey Miguel versus Crazy Steve. Right. And I, and it sounds like we'll probably get like a rematch of death well, after next week. We'll get a rematch of Death Dolls and whatever Taylor and Mickey or Taylor and Killer Kelly are. Oh, uh, so speak of the devil, they have announced the other two matches. Well, remember I said to uh, the Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bailey. Uh, yeah, yeah. So the other two that that is not for the one of the qualifiers for this fatal four way. No, it's not. Oh, you're saying the other two? Yeah, yeah, qual- yeah. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. It is Steve Macklin versus Rhino. Okay. And Eddie Edwards versus Heath. Oh, all right. So I think I think the only one that you know is not a guarantee is the Eddie Edwards versus Heath. I think you can go either way with that. Yeah, I, I would imagine you know your favorite Eddie Edwards, but I, I think there's an outside chance Heath wins. Yeah, um, if, if Rhino beats Mac, I mean, like if there's some screwy way that Rhino wins, I mean that would be that would add fuel to the fire because. Yeah, I, I my thinking is, PCO could lose to Shira now, and because of Eddie, like costing him. PCO that could then do the same to Eddie against Heath. And that's how you get the Eddie versus PCO, like a match at no surrender. Yeah. Which I, I guess you, I guess they won't then at no surrender. They're... Yeah. May, I, I mean, it could. You could do it. I don't know. Because, yeah. I mean, that would come full circle. Because if you, we remember Eddie Edwards turned, uh, Honor No More turned on PCO in Vegas. Buried him out in the desert, and they're going to be in Vegas for no surrender here. So, well, even long term storytelling, the fatal four way would be like kind of a a way to like they're, they're hashing it out, but they don't actually have their match. They'll probably like chase each other outside the building, and then whoever's the two left, like Macklin, pins the other. Yeah, yeah. something like that. You know. Yeah, uh, they also announced uh, for no surrender that after, or I guess after no surrender, yeah. After No Surrender, uh, Busted Open is going to be live uh, at uh, wherever. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to feature Tommy and, and Dreamer and Not Mickey. Important. So I guess that's that storyline isn't ending. If they're going to be, if they're advertising all three of them to be on air about something. Yeah. No, I mean, both <laughs> not going away. It doesn't seem No. Like- but it also seems like the Mickey versus our, versus uh, him also isn't going away. <laughs> Which, God damn it. Right. Oh, boy. End this. Anyway. All right. So my, um, my last comment then for this, yes. real quick. So I, I was like kind of flipping back and forth 
between the, the access TV uh, and then the well, once it hit eight thirty, I was watching the YouTube version. Um, right. So I, I never watched that the access TV version. It's the same damn thing except yeah. commercials. But but what was interesting in the commercials was how heavily they were promoting the New Japan stuff at ten o'clock. Yes. Yes. So I, I thought that was because like, I don't see any of that really besides the one snippet that they do during the show. No, it was yes. every single commercial break. Yeah, um, I think that in, or Axis is realizing that there's a lot of people who are interested in New Japan well, again, and because they're they're showing their pay per view matches. So it's yes, like, good. Which good again, job. like I, I pointed out in our group chat uh, last week or, or a few weeks ago when they started running the Tokyo to, or the Wrestle Kingdom matches, I was like, damn. Like normally they'd like they when wait a little bit. they yeah they, they used they to wait couple year like, old till March yeah. to do these and now they're showing them like two weeks later you're getting these matches and one of them was arguably the best match uh, like a match that's going to be up for match of the year in uh, Osprey versus Kenny Omega on free television basically right well and, and it didn't get I mean, a lot of viewers but it did get more than impacted right so great. I think they realized that. You know, people are going to tune into this. So why not keep advertise it, a- a- advertise it more heavily? Because when I used to watch on Axis before the YouTube thing came out, there, there was none of that. Like, There's like one or two ads and uh, for New Japan, but it wasn't like they didn't advertise the matches other than right before the show ended. They'd be like, oh, and don't forget to tune in these are your matches for tonight's new Japan show. And they were like matches from three, two, three months ago. So I had already seen them. Right. If I wanted to see them or it was matches that were years ago that they were just like, Hey, you know, we're just going to throw these on there because new Japan didn't have anything recently. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's interesting to see Axis promoting them more heavily than they used to. Uh, but I think that definitely shows that they think that more people will tune in to watch it um, than they expected. Yeah, and hopefully it's a reciprocal effect. Like, people are tuning in for New Japan, and then people that are watching Impact stick around for New Japan, like, Viking yeah. kind of thing. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, again, commentary also. I mean, this, the New Japan-Impact relationship seems to still be going strong. So I do think you have that crossover appeal still at least with some impact fans to stick around and watch True. maybe not the same for like new japan fans like who are you know they want to watch new japan um they're not going to tune in two extra hours beforehand to get to what they're watching but you know i i think there is some crossover appeal between them right right there's some at least and like a match like where they did the band austin versus kushida yeah his opponent yeah, and I mean, the commentary pointed out that you know, uh, with no surrender coming around, you never know who's going to show up. Um, and it seems like, uh, at least for the tapings, uh, it's being reported that there will be a lot uh, new Japan talent showing up. So, uh, yeah, well, as long as they keep doing that, I feel like as long as the relationship's strong, I feel like there'll be that crossover appeal still. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 
other than that, guys, I think that's it. Oh, we didn't say. How did you like the show, Angelo? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, you know what? I'll say I'm in the middle. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. I think the opening match was really strong. Um, and then the middle part was kind of way too long. Yeah, no, and, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it gets better. I'm hoping for better yeah. things. But, you know, the, the bully Ray lurking, uh, he's a great heel. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I think he knows how to get the heat. He knows how to get the heat, but uh, him without like a direction with someone that's not Mickey James is just not pleasing. So uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see where it goes. Um, and maybe this this Tommy Dreamer feud really becomes something that you know really gets us invested. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. Yeah, maybe it's because I don't listen to Busted Open regularly, and like I, I I'm missing things. I really don't think i need a a feud all about bus like people oh, I, who show I mean, up on busted you're missing anything but it like you know in theory it could bring in more eyeballs because right there's these these two guys that are known out yeah they're wrestling but now people listen to them on sirius xm yeah they're gonna be feuding on tv weekly for free so like that that could theoretically bring in eyes and that's probably the thought behind it yeah worth the shot you you're trying to get more viewers on this show. You can't be happy with just the current viewership. You want to grow and be become better because there's a lot of good wrestlers on the roster. And yeah, they're not they're not getting the eyeballs they deserve. Like Josh Alexander could be getting, you know, he he, he could be on AW wrestling and agreed have eight hundred thousand to a million people watching them. So yeah. Um. So yeah, that. that's that's our takes. Uh, let us know what you guys thought on Twitter. Again, at Deep Six Wrestling or on the YouTube, Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. Uh, But for that, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks.